well, wait a minute. Maybe the first thing that needs to happen is I need to figure out how to lead myself. Mm-hmm. And, and what does that really mean of taking a step back and being self-aware and self-knowledge? And, you know, what, what are my values? What do I stand for? What's my purpose? You are now connected with Enclave for Entrepreneurs at O'Hare International Airport in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Enclave O'Hare, the local to global learning and earning center for entrepreneurs and their influencers. On Wednesday, September 19, 2018, we sat down with Harry Kramer, executive partner with Madison Dearborn Partners and clinical professor of strategy at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management. An author of two best-selling leadership books, Harry brings a uniquely qualified perspective to leading people. Listen in as we navigate today's unsteady business climate by reigniting our values. My name is Harry Kramer. I am currently a professor at Northwestern University, the Kellogg School of Management, mm-hmm. and a, a partner with uh, Madison Dearborn, mm-hmm. and the former chairman and uh, chief executive officer of Baxter International. And I uh, live in Wilmette, Illinois, with my wife, Julie, and uh, five children. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for coming tonight. And uh, I guess let me be the first to say that I uh, very much enjoyed the, the conversation. So thank you. Well, thank you. I enjoyed being at the Enclave, which is a super good place, and uh, meeting everybody and just having a wonderful conversation this evening. It was wonderful. Appreciate it. Tonight was all about our discussion was around reigniting values. And I want to get to that in a second. But before that, I wrote a couple of things down that you, you mentioned that stuck out to me. And one of them in the in the beginning was... Uh, you said Enclave is exactly what we need as a country right now. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you meant by that? Sure. I think I think right now, as a generalization, uh, people are so focused on the business mm-hmm. and what they're going to create and how do I get to a billion dollars in sales and, and so on and so forth. And there is very little focus on, well, what's the people side of this? How does this actually happen? Mm-hmm. What, do, what do I need to do as an individual mm-hmm. uh, to develop myself to lead other people? Mm-hmm. And my sense of taking a tour and listening and talking to some of the, of the folks and some of the leaders here is that the whole focus seems to be on the person. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it sounds very simple, but leadership is about people. Uh, and if, if that can happen to yourself and that get ignited in yourself, your ability to influence other people will increase significantly. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's talk a little bit about specifically tonight in regards to you know reigniting values for the folks that weren't here tonight. Can you kind of talk about some of the things that we discussed and and you know maybe some action items they can take? Sure, sure. Well, a, a couple of the key takeaways, Scott, and in any one of these, you know, you can push on me to, to give you more detail. Mm-hmm. But I, I actually think of it as leadership is something that we all talk a lot about, mm-hmm. but not clear to me we all have the same definition of what we're talking about. So exactly. literally stepping up to, to think through what does that really mean? And, and I think it actually starts with that leadership isn't a destination. Mm-hmm. Okay, It's a journey. We can all get better as leaders. And if you think about starting to be a leader, there's always this focus on my ability to motivate others and change. Well, wait a minute. Maybe the first thing that needs to happen is I need to figure out how to lead myself. Mm-hmm. And, and what does that really mean of taking a step back and being self-aware and self-knowledge? And you know, what, what are my values? What do I stand for? What's my purpose? Uh, what, what, why am I doing all of this? Um, and, and that ability to reflect enough 
to actually ask myself, am I just going through the motions? Have I confused activity and productivity? That ability to get my own act together is what enables me to, to lead other people. I do want to dive into something, and, and and you brought it up, and I had this written down as well, is in regards to activity versus productivity, especially when it comes to a leader. Yeah. Can you dive into that a little bit more? Sure, sure. Uh, we, we've all got a million things to do, Scott, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, this view of, boy, uh, I've got, you know, my education, I have my career, I have my family, I have my spirituality, i got to take care of my health, i got to get a little bit of sleep, i got to exercise, have a little bit of fun, uh, make a difference in the world. And People that are conscientious that are listening to this are going to view as well, yeah, uh, I guess what I'm going to do is I'll just go faster and faster because <laughs> yep. if I can eventually get all this stuff done and, you know, with all these devices I got going, I can just multitask. Mm -hmm. And the question that I think really is worth mentioning that you already gave reference to is, have we confused activity and productivity? Mm -hmm. Or are we moving so fast we don't know which of those has happened? Right. And, I, and I think that ability is, is one of the first things we do to step back and put things into perspective. One of the things that I always ask folks, and, and they're either entrepreneurs or they're working with entrepreneurs is, and you brought it up tonight as well, so I'd like to ask you to dive into this a little bit more, is, Harry, that's awesome. I agree with you. I just simply do not have time in my day <laughs> yeah. to, to do this whole self-reflection thing. Right, yeah, no, it's, it's true. And I'm smiling only because I, I get this one, Scott, almost every day. And my challenge, and I do it very respectfully, is mm -hmm. I'll literally say to the person, is it we don't have the time or is it something we don't really want to do, right? Because mm -hmm. th this could get very uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. There could be a pretty big difference between what we say is important and what we're actually doing. We may not want to get too close to that, right? But in reality, is it that we don't have the time or do we not want to do it? Because let's think about it. Most of us commute someplace, mm -hmm. right? A lot of us try to exercise. Some people try to pray or meditate. Is it that we don't have the time or do we not really want to do it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Can you? One of the other things that stuck out for me is um, difference between values and preferences. Yeah. Can you touch on that a little bit? Sure, sure. Well, ma many people are, are saying, okay, this whole thing about values, you know, how do I think about that? And, and I guess... I always say no answers, opinions. Well, one of the things I think about, Scott, is that many times there may be something that I prefer. You know, mm -hmm. I prefer in a group, I mentioned it tonight, uh, that I, I prefer let's not swear, let's not use four-letter words, but it, it's a preference. And if somebody does it, I don't like it, but, you know, uh, somebody's not going to lose their job. But if it's a value, I, I think it's something that I will not compromise mm -hmm. and is not negotiable, mm -hmm. right? Because if it's something I'm willing to negotiate, um, or something I can compromise, well, then I'm not sure what it is, but but it's certainly not a value. Mm -hmm. and, and I think taking the time to figure out as an individual, as a leader, uh, as somebody in an organization, how are we going to operate? Mm -hmm. and, are we, and are we really serious about it, right? Because mm -hmm. as we all know, there's a lot of organizations that got these great plaques on the wall, here's what we're going to do. And then you have people in the organization say, well, you know, it's interesting they got that plaque on the wall, but that's not what's happening here, right? <laughs> or as yeah. one guy at Baxter said to me one time, you know, I'll tell you what, I I'm a big boy. Uh, I can decide where I want to operate or where I want to be. But, you know, don't insult my intelligence. Don't tell me that this is where we're going to operate and then not operate that way. Mm -hmm. So it, it better be something that is setting a clear expectation, clearly communicated. Mm -hmm. We hold one another accountable. Absolutely. Harry, we've we've talked a lot about self-reflection and, you know, it's obviously something that you value very much. Is this, you know, have you newly come onto this or is this something that you've, you know, kind of had in your background? Yeah. So th this comes up a lot with the the students at Kellogg. And uh, I always tell folks, no, this is not something that started recently. Uh, th this is something that, that really I, I started, uh, got in the habit of almost 40 years ago. And and the story that, that sort of goes along with this is I 
was a, a, a student at uh, Lawrence University, a, okay. uh, a small college up in Wisconsin. And when I was a senior, uh, I, I met a young woman who was a freshman. And I, in fact, I admit not only she was a freshman, it was her first day of school because I had this great job on the campus. I ran the, uh, the circulation desk at the library when people used to go to the library. You couldn't check out a book if I didn't <laughs> know who you were. It was a phenomenal job. Yeah. So I meet this young gal and I start dating her. Well, I'm a senior and I graduate early and she's a freshman. She's you know 18. And uh, I ended up coming down to Chicago. Well, again, I, I don't advise people to do this now, but this was 40 <laughs> years ago. Every other weekend, I would hitchhike up to Appleton, Wisconsin, which was 183 miles from Chicago, up through Milwaukee. And uh, I did this for a couple months, and all of a sudden, I get a phone call from her father, this very serious, intense fellow up in um, St. Paul, Minnesota. And he said, hey, I know what's going on. You're dating my daughter. She's 18. You're in graduate school. We need to spend some time together. I said, sure, super, super. Let's, let's come on down to Chicago. No, no, no. You come up to Minnesota. <laughs> there you go. And I didn't have any money. And he said, I'll, I'll get you a ticket. We'll, we'll fly you up. Mm -hmm. So I flew up. And first mistake I made, it was the first weekend in December. I don't know if you've been up to Minnesota, but you know, it was it was brutal. 20 below zero with snow and sideways. <laughs> I got off the airplane. By the way, there was no PCs. I had a little picture of this guy, right? It was, and uh, I said, hey, what are we going to do? I'm thinking, we're going to go to Viking game. You know, what are we going to do? He said, no, no, uh, it sounds like it's pretty serious with my daughter. You need to spend a little time with your values. You need to spend time thinking about what matters. Wow. And I didn't say super at this point. I said, <laughs> okay. Uh, what we what we got in mind here? Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. And so he said, "What we're going to do is we're going to go on a retreat together." And I said, "Okay, well, what's a retreat?" And he said, "Well, you spend a little bit of time thinking about your values, your purpose, what matters, and so on." And I was starting to hesitate at this point. Then he said something that upset me a little bit, but I thought, you know, particularly since he didn't tell me this until I got there, because if I'd known this, I wouldn't have flown up there. He said, uh, "I should tell you, it's a silent retreat." And I said, what does that mean? He said, mm -hmm. well, you can't shut up for three minutes. You won't be talking for the next three days. <laughs> then I have to ask myself the obvious question, how much do I like this guy's daughter, right? <laughs> I, uh, but then, I, you know, being a finance guy, sort of sunk cost, I'm already there. Right. I might as well figure out the genetic connection between these two, right? Sure. So I went on this thing, and uh, it was a pretty intense group of guys. This was run by the Jesuits, pretty intense group of guys. Mm -hmm. And they give you all these exercises, right? Uh, uh, you're flying home, the plane crashes. Mm -hmm. What would you have liked to have said to your siblings or to your parents? Now, if you do that exercise, you and I do that exercise for 10 minutes, you jot a few things down. No, I got three days. I can't talk to anybody. I'm thinking about this getting pretty emotional, right? Mm -hmm. So the last, um, the last night, uh, the, uh, the Jesuit says, this shouldn't be a one-time exercise. You should spend 15 minutes a night doing a personal self-examination. So I thought, okay, well, uh, 15 minutes, I can do that. So mm -hmm. I started doing this. So I've been doing this for, you know, almost the last 40 years. Now, where the students find to be a little interesting is now the end of the story, Scott, is first of all, I married his daughter, okay? And for now the last 38 consecutive years, wherever I am in the world, and I'm usually out of the country at least a week a month, but for the last 38 consecutive years, wherever I'm in the world, the first Thursday in December, I fly to St. Paul, Minnesota. I go on this three-day retreat with my father-in-law. That's fantastic. Okay? Uh, this year, it's December the 6th through the 9th, but who's counting? <laughs> and uh, it, it, in fact, the way I, I try to get people to think about it, it turns out that any business, you're kind of thinking about the long term, where am I taking this? Mm -hmm. And then you think about the short term operational. Mm -hmm. So what I f was very fortunate to figure out a long time ago was, why wouldn't you do the same thing yourself, right? right. So to spend three days once a year thinking about, what kind of person am I becoming? What am I val What kind of a father am I? What kind of a, uh, of a spouse am I? What kind of a leader am I being? And then you do your, your daily check-in. Mm -hmm. right? how, how am I operationally doing this, right? Mm -hmm. And in fact, at somebody asked the question, well, do you write this down? And I said, yeah, I usually write it down. Now, the follow-up question was, well, geez, but you're taking these notes. 
well, when do you have time to read them? When do I have time to read them? I got three days. <laughs> I have nothing to do other than read my notes once a year. Pure reflection. Pure reflection. Because let me tell you, on these, when they say there's no, there's no discussions, you know, in, in those old westerns, when you go into the bar and you got to put your guns down and thing, there's no phones, there's no, there's no nothing. Yeah. Okay. So you got. Three days to really get your act together. Me, myself, and I. Three most important days. Yeah. I know it's December the 6th. I already have a couple of the books I'm, I intend on reading. Yeah. Uh, it puts everything into perspective. And what's your routine now? You mentioned that during our talk today as well. Well, my routine now is, um, in addition to the three days, some people are morning people. Some people may do this when they're running or whatever. I do a personal self-examination at the end of every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the personal self-examination is, I take 15 minutes, and I literally go through the following. What did I say I was going to do today? Mm-hmm. What did I actually do? What am I proud of? What am I not proud of? How did I lead people? How did I follow people? If I live today over again, what would I have done differently? And then the last one is if I have tomorrow, being fully well aware of the fact sooner or later I won't, but if I do have tomorrow and I'm a learning person based on what I learned today, how will I operate differently tomorrow on, on whatever dimension of your life has significance as a father, as a spouse? You know, whatever your spiritual uh, orientation is, your leadership, followership, and so on. It just puts, and that then, then it just sort of puts everything into perspective, right? And, and a lot of the folks, you know, that listen to this podcast, they got a lot going on. They have a lot of pressures that are going on, uh, and it's just overwhelming. And the thought is, well, no, wait a minute. If you're truly self-reflective, I've actually realized there's only two things I have to do mm-hmm. tomorrow. Tomorrow is Thursday, right? I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, but I already know what I'm going to do. No matter what happens. And picture, Scott, your worst nightmare tomorrow. Uh, a child dies, right? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Your worst nightmare. I think I already know the two things we're going to do. Number one, we'll try to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. All right? Whatever that is, we'll try to do the right thing. And the second thing is we'll do the best we can do. Right. And if you can actually convince yourself of that, worry, fear, anxiety, pressure, stress can be significantly reduced. That's right. We're going to try to do the right thing and we'll do the best we can do. You said tonight, and this might not be verbatim, this is what uh, I had written down, you know, leadership is your ability to influence people and you do that by relating to them. And in my experience, I've met with a lot of business owners and executives, and a lot of those folks get into that role because they have a technical skill, they have expertise in something. And in my opinion, what I've noticed is that a lot of the times they often struggle with and, and not so much that it's a personality thing that might be, you know, part of it, but they just haven't really been educated in how to lead people. Um, and, you know, there's stats out there all the time that 50% of the reason why employees leave is because they're direct manager and they're direct report. So you look at the, the small and mid-sized companies throughout this country and these people that are leading them that maybe don't have that leadership, natural ability or things that they've learned. Yeah. What would you say to that person who could really, you know, develop that and like what route should they go to do that? Yeah, so it's a, that's a great question, right? So here's another opinion. The first thing I think I've got to do as a leader is I've really got to be able to sit back and be able to lead myself, mm-hmm. okay? I have to be able to do that. And then when I do that and I start to realize, okay, I'm starting to be able to lead myself, the only way I'm going to be able to lead other people is I've got to be able to relate to them. So I better take a step back and think through, what does that really mean, Mm -hmm. okay? So if I'm interacting with you, okay, um, I may be able to get you to do things because you work for me and I've got some power over you, but I don't think that's the way you want to lead, okay? I'm going to know enough about you. I'm going to know that, you know, you've got three children and, you know, your your father-in-law has got, you know, severe dementia and you need to spend time with him or Mm -hmm. that you happen to like baseball. I, I, I want to know enough about you that demonstrates 
I really care a lot about you. And, and I'm going to, if you work with me, I'm going to figure out what can I do to help you develop to your full potential. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if you become convinced I care a lot about you, your ability to follow up and us to get a lot done together goes up exponentially. And doing that genuinely. That's another thing we talked about today. Absolutely. Has right. to be genuine. Has to be genuine because people are going to see right through it if it's not. Yep, they'll Absolutely. be able to see that agenda. Absolutely. We talked about self-reflection, balanced perspective, true self-confidence. Can you just touch on the three of those real quick and, yeah. and why they're so important? Sure. Okay. So so, so really, there's, there's four um, principles that I think drive everything, mm-hmm. okay? The first one is self-reflection, as we've mm-hmm. discussed a little bit. You know, taking the time to know yourself, what are your values, what do you stand for, what's your purpose, literally trying to get your own your own personal values together, mm-hmm. okay? The second one is balance, having a balanced perspective, uh, seeking to understand before you're understood, taking the time to understand all sides of the story, mm-hmm. right? Being able to balance all of that, mm-hmm. short-term, long-term. Thinking about not work and life balance, but life balance and mm-hmm. how you think about balance. The third one is true self-confidence, okay, which is very different than just I've got self-confidence and I know everything. No, but you are true. You know what you know. You know what you don't know. You're willing to admit when you don't know. You're willing to admit when you were wrong, okay? Mm-hmm. Sort of uh, you're, you're, you're healthy in your own mind and body. Is, is that the same as self-efficacy? I've heard that term as well. That'd be another way to th- describe it. Okay. Uh, I actually extend it to how I come across and how other people realize I'm approachable because I'm comfortable admitting what I know and what I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one is genuine humility, mm-hmm. okay, which is really appreciating the fact that, yes, I've done well, but guess what? Luck's been part of that. Timing's been part of that. Um you know, the team and having the right people, maybe a spiritual dimension, putting it all in perspective, keeping things in perspective, and realizing that every single person matters. Mm-hmm. That's why it's genuine humility. That's mm-hmm. why it's true self-confidence. And and my sort of sense is if you're following those four principles, uh, you you basically have an ability now to really lead yourself. And if you can lead yourself, you can start to lead other people. Absolutely. Last question is... is- in regards to folks that are unaware that Enclave is out there, right? Or maybe that you mentioned earlier with self-reflection in particular, that sometimes it can be something that we want to avoid just because there's going to be some things we might think about that doesn't make don't make us feel very good, right? Yeah. You know, what what would be your your advice to folks in regards to to checking Enclave out? I think if if you can give people a sense of you know what you got a great business idea, you've got a great idea for something that could be substantial. But why is it? Why is it that 90% of businesses fail? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's because it wasn't a good idea. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was because it wasn't something that could add value. It was something that you didn't have the people side of this thing. You didn't have your own personal leadership together and your whole life together and your life balance together to be able to attract people and to foster and, and make it grow. Mm-hmm. So to give people a sense of you got to view and think about this holistically I think it's something that would help to attract a lot more people here. Yeah. Well, let me just be the first to say thank you very, very much. It was a pleasure to have you here tonight. Scott, great to spend time with you. Thank you for sharing. Good luck. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. In today's unsteady world, high values are hardly overly evident. As a term, values-based may be misunderstood or abused. To aspire to and achieve values-based entrepreneurship, it begins with you. 
Join us on the third Wednesday of every month for a masterclass in applied metacognition at Enclave O'Hare. For more information, visit EnclaveForEntrepreneurs.com.